Welcome to the GT Podcast, where we talk about all the things grit and tenacity. The power of showing up confidently and authentically in your life, sprinkling in sales training built for female entrepreneurs. Hey everyone, I am so excited that you're on today. Thank you for tuning in to the GT Podcast. Today's going to be a little bit different. I know that you're probably used to me uh, giving you a little mindset boost or lecturing you about sales and how to have an authentic mind and heart. But today I want to talk about an interesting question that I've been getting a lot of here recently. And I think it uh, definitely deserves some airtime and space to dig into. Uh, And that question is, well, what's the difference between marketing and sales? And the short answer is, There is a difference, but there's a lot of overlap too. And when I thought about someone um, that could really help set the stage for the difference between what is marketing and sales and when when do you have a sales coach versus when do you uh, go and look for support in the marketing strategy side of things, one person came to mind. And this I've asked Jacob Siner to help explain really and, and help set the stage for the difference between marketing and sales. Um, And so without further ado, I would like to introduce Jacob. Jacob Seiner, thank you so much for being a part of this. I know I kind of asked you last minute and it just goes to show what an amazing uh, human being that you are. And and I just, I can't say that enough because I I know I was like, hey, can you be on my podcast? And you're like, sure, I have some time um, this afternoon. I'm like, great, I'll take it. (laughs) So Thank you so much for being a part of this. Why don't you share with the audience um, a little bit about, about yourself and, and your time as a marketing director and um, how you and I really started working together? Yeah, yeah. Thanks again. I'm always happy to just kind of ramble about the things that we do on a day-to-day basis. I find myself better impromptu, so hopefully that will <laughs> come through today on this last-minute call. But um, yeah, so Gwen and I have worked together, you know, in the past, and it was uh, it was a great several years. We developed, you know, as somebody who's been in marketing now for about a decade, you know, coming out of of where I was before uh, Gwen and I began working together. I was, you know, there was always just everywhere you went, there's this this contentious sales and marketing relationship it was so prevalent, you know, and um, it was just you know, it was so negative all the time. Uh, it was, it was a hard thing to walk, you know, it was always who wants somebody to do what their idea is and and not a lot of respect. Uh, when Gwen and I began more and more working together though, you know, we really made it a point for our, our, for first ourselves, but then as it, as we grew our teams to have a lot of synergy there, we, 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 had the whole company referring to us as the marketing department, not just sales or not just marketing, because we really saw the importance of that synergy. So, um, you know, how that relationship works together is really vital in no matter what stage of company you're at, whether you're by yourself or you're starting to get some help, um, you know, because it has to work hand in hand. Like you said, it's there's different things and we're going to get into the differences there. But uh, I've seen when that overlap is is fruitful and is is out of respect and trust that it all goes a lot better. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited to get into that today. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I marketing, this marketing team. Oh my gosh. Um, that was a really uh, powerful moment for me as well to hear you say that. I, I quite honestly, just from the experience and background that I've come from Jacob, I've never experienced um, a, 
I've never experienced where the marketing team and the sales team didn't align. And so when you shared that with me, that was just such a foreign thing because in my mind, I'm like, why wouldn't we communicate? You know, um, if, if I'm hearing something on the sales call that, you know, would benefit our messaging on the marketing side, like, why would I keep that to myself? I definitely want to share that with the people who are, you know, getting out the content and, helping make us relevant in the moment. And I think that um, is so important. So thank you for sharing that. Okay. Well, so Jacob, I am dying to know, um, because quite honestly, I too can get very confused with what's the difference between sales and marketing. And there's a lot of, like I said, overlap there. And so um, what would you say is the, is the biggest difference between sales and marketing? Yeah. So, uh, you know, for that context, I think it's important to even step one, uh, one step further back. Um, the, the areas that people most think of when they're thinking of like marketing my product and selling my product can really be broken into three categories um, that are really important. And there's PR, public relations, right? And then there's marketing and then there's sales. And that, if you view that as a funnel, right, they're coming down, they have to go in order of each other. Um, PR involves things like, you know, just making your success, your good works, your, your all well-known, right? It's, it's about getting the word out about the good things that you have done at the end of the day. Um, and so that involves a lot of things like your Google review efforts and like just sharing out stories of success is, is really more of a PR action. Um, you know, your marketing team is often going to handle that content and handle the promotion of that. Um, but that's the kind of the stage it falls into. Marketing then is really about creating and fostering a desire um, for whatever the topic is that you're selling. And, and it's not, in a lot of cases, not going to be necessarily directly, here's my product yet. It can be, um, but it can also involve, you know, if you're doing an email marketing solution, you know, you want to just, you're putting things out there that are how to get better open rates. You know, you're not specifically, you're offering value to people and you're attracting people in um, for your expertise without them having to specifically pay you yet. Um, you know, it, it's, you're creating desire, you're establishing your expertise, uh, and then you're starting to talk about your product, right? You want to start to tee them up to be ready for sales. You know, in that later stage of marketing, you switch tone to not just here's how I can, here's how you do better in marketing or email or whatever for that example, but here's how this product helps you do better, right? That's the, after they've start to come in the door, you know, you're starting to make it more specific. Here's why we help you do X, Y, Z. And then it's that point where that transition point starts to come into sales, mm -hmm. right? Um, so when you have started shifting in about the product, you know, then that's, you're starting to translate into the sales world. In an ideal setting, once you get to sales, it's really more about just, all right, what questions do you have? You know, maybe what objections do you have about it? And how can I help you finish this process of getting what you need? Uh, you want to build the desire in the marketing world, you know, so much that sales doesn't have to push super hard on people to like mm -hmm. knock them over the head. Now, Hopefully your sales team's really good at, at pushing people when they need to, too. Again, it's where that overlap comes. But um, you want to yeah. tee them up to be very ready to just answer some questions and process your sale um, if you can do that. And so that was always yeah, something that was always something that you were so good at, Jacob. And I think that you as a marketing director realized that, you know, you're 
your role wasn't just to get the leads, but it was to get the sale, right? Like even though you're the marketing director and I was the director of sales at the time, you took ownership of the fact that your job was to get the sale. Like everybody's job is to get the sale, right? Um, I remember doing a few presentations and I would say, hey, who's on the sales team? Who's or sorry, who's on the marketing team, right? And nobody raised their hand. And I was like, wrong answer, right? Like everybody is on the marketing team because we're all working together for the end result of a sale, right? Um, and I think that's one of the the beautiful things about you and how you approach uh, being a director of marketing. Yeah. So that's, you know, and again, your messaging shifts at each of those points. So it's really one of the first things you can do is everything that you're you're creating or you're putting out, you're promoting. Uh, make if you have that understanding of okay, which what stage is the person in, which is a big sentence that I just maybe need to pause there on because when you look at that, like what's PR marketing sales, people are going through that, you really have to forego the temptation to think about it from what you need the client to do. You really have to think about it how the client is experiencing you. Um, you know, you really have your map <clears throat> built out from their perspective. What are they coming in with? What are the problems that they have that they're looking for? What steps are they going to take that you can just make the bridge a little easier, you know, um, yeah. and and think about it from their perspective um, as they go through that. And it's also not just linear. You know, a person's not just in the PR stage, just hearing about you and they move into marketing and they're never going to be in the PR stage again. You can literally do this PR to marketing to sales in like a single email. I mean, it can just like, hey, did you hear about this? La la la, la tips and stuff. Now here's how you get that same thing they did. You just did that. You took them through, you know, those three stages in even a, a couple sentences. So yeah, it's a little bit of a circle, but just think about your content, think about what you have and where it goes in that cycle. Um yeah. So, yeah. so making a little bit of a, I, I love all of that. Right. And I think, um, you know, for the, the group that's listening today, you know, again, they're maybe, you know, a, a solopreneur, right. Um, right. or maybe they, um, have been in business for three to five years and are looking to scale their business, uh, maybe hire a salesperson. Right. Um, and so mm-hmm. they don't necessarily have a marketing team to do all this. So, if you take a, a photography business, for example, right? Um, give us an example of like what a PR would be for for a photographer. Yeah. So, you know, um, I would say every everything about your your portfolio there, your style that you're showing, oh, this family, you know, is so thrilled with there. If you have it with a picture and a, a one sentence quote, right, of from a, a past customer, like we are so thrilled we got these this was so worth the money to cherish our family memories or whatever like that's your pr you know like right. that other people's words and right. your, showing showing done. your value right just just yeah. like just showing all of the amazing things that you've been ever done i feel like this is a hard place for a lot of people because it's like tooting your own horn right it is but um, nobody else is going to do that for you at the end of the day so i couldn't agree know, more it, the, and again using the people who are talking well of you about you the people that you've worked with in the past is your best way to do that so it doesn't sound like it's just you saying it exactly exactly so then how would someone so taking the same example right that's pr so getting your good works well known um making sure that you're visible uh and then so what would be a transition to the marketing piece of that funnel look like so in the in the photography example there um you know what you want to do is um, 
so some of the things that come to mind would be maybe there's people who again aren't sure why they they like okay those pictures are nice but you know you have something like a blog or like it's like why should i or what's the value of uh, this is bad wording off the top of my head but you know why would i pay money for a professional photographer why are iphone pictures not good enough you know why can't i can i scale up an iphone photo to put on my wall if i want a big family photo or should i have a professional like what are the reasons that they might buy from you and start to have stuff that actually talks to that and about those topics? Ooh, okay. Um, yes. I, you hit something, you hit something there. So I think we're starting to get into a little bit of where sales and marketing um, overlay one another. If I'm hearing you correctly, m- the marketing piece of it is really taking what you have to offer and sharing with them why they would want that, but also starting to plant the seeds of overcoming any potential objections of why they wouldn't want to buy that. Right. So Mm -hmm. I heard you just already give some examples of why someone wouldn't want to pay for um, a photographer because they have these really awesome iPhones. (laughs) Um, And so why would that be? And so, you know, going back to really um, the difference between sales and marketing is understanding your your buyer persona to a very deep core letting the the high end of that marketing funnel and so you know if you if you can envision like a, a funnel like a tornado funnel right it's wider at the top and and so you're really trying to capture a ton of people right the masses it's like a number it's a numbers game at the top of the funnel and then you're really trying to like weed out through your marketing, who is a good fit for you? Who's listening? Who can you really help? Right. And then by the time that they decide to have a conversation with you, that's to your point earlier, where you're really trying to just answer any questions that they may have overcome objections. um, Yeah. And and so like the, to the wider, the wider scale, you could just be even one of the things that you're trying to do, like I said, is identify people who have a reason to buy your product. They're not like, again if you look at this idea of there's marketing qualified people and then there's sales qualified people um marketing qualified people are going to have reason they have a family so they need family photos so you could have a blog that to that point it was like creative ideas to use your family photos your professional like and if people are going into that blog then you have an idea that they probably have a family, (laughs) you know, you're starting to identify those things that are just on the surface about the person who make them qualified for your audience. Whereas what a sales qualified person really is, is somebody who has shown intent to purchase or has a high motivation towards it. Um, You know, and so what you really want to do, and this doesn't matter if you're by yourself or, if you're working with a team and then you want to have the team involved on where this handoff to sales is, is have a trigger that, you know, in your business means, okay, I'm ready to sell to them. If I start talking to this person, maybe I, it goes from, they're just getting emails to I'm going to reach out and call them or text them. It, what is that sales flip? You know, um, what is that trigger? And it needs to be the person that, you know, not just you see something about them, but them actually starting to reach in. You know, one thing that we do is is send something by mail. And one of the big reasons that that still works is it give, they give us their address. And if somebody's willing to give me their full address in a form, I know that they're reaching in for a reason, right? It's a higher value. Um, so have a specific trigger. You, we talk about offers 
you know, maybe it is in a photography business. It could be an offer for a free mini session or something, you know, but you could, we talk about offers a lot. There's marketing offers or things like cheat sheets and newsletter signups and, you know, these low level things that people sign up for. Um, but have at least one really strong sales offer within your business that you know that's the trigger. I need to start changing how I talk to this person. I'm, I'm gonna. You're almost assuming that they're gonna buy. You have to in your mind switch to. It's time to assume they're ready to buy. Let me help them. What questions do you have that would prevent you from moving forward? That kind of. Oh mindset. my gosh, there are so many, so many good little nuggets of information that we're sharing, Jacob. That it's like oh, we can go down so many different rabbit holes and. I geek out talking with you around this kind of stuff, but um, shifting gears again, just, just one more time. So if let's say um, I wanted to start selling a larger ticket item, right? And so I've been in business for three to five years and I've been doing okay. Um, but I really, you know, I'm, I'm a stay at home mom and I, um, you know, want my time that I put towards this business to, to pay me more, to be, to be worth it. Right. If it's going to take me away from my kids and, um, and so I'm really looking to streamline things a little bit, package things a little bit differently and charge it a, a higher price for it. Um, what are your, you know, what are your, your marketing thoughts around, uh, a, a, you know, like a one, two, three strategy for that? Yeah. So and the first thing is, is just your audience at that point, you're jumping back into a little bit of a market research mindset. Um, so, you know, in this scenario, if you have some people who are spending higher ticket already, let's say, even if it's just a few, if you're small, it can be as few as five or 10, but, you know, I would dig into them. Like, like what kind of business are they? First of all, you know, do the stuff that you can tell on the surface. Um, what kind of revenue are they, you know, is there, what's all that, that external stuff, but then get on the phone and talk to them. Hey, you know, Take me back to when you first, when you decided to buy, like what, what were you really trying to solve in your business or what were you, you know, like, look at, look at the moment they made the decision, what was going on in their life and don't ask them like hypothetical stuff. Just try to stick to what was factually occurring when you made that purchase and, and, you know, why did you see it as valuable enough? So if you have some people who are already higher ticket learn them, learn what makes them tick, learn all of those little details, because that's who you really want to keep going for. And then you can just take those nuggets of information, start talking like that in your emails to your existing people and see if more come out of the woodwork. So that's like step one is understand your audience. And hopefully you have some people to go on currently that that's a huge help. If not, you need to find those people and, and kind of you do a little more work to figure out who's out there, do some wider audience um, attraction, if you will. And, and, and again, I encourage trying to, if you find some people who qualify, talk to them in person, uh, if you can, for even just a couple people, it's going to help you. Um, yeah. Send them a Starbucks gift card if they'll give you yeah, 15 like minutes say, of hey, time, I, you know? Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's your survey stage, right? You want to, you want to, if you're going to try to change up what you're selling, you have to make sure you're still meeting a problem um, with a solution. So, so jump into the survey stage, take, uh, you know, one of the things that um, you can do if you do interview them is, uh, you know, is if you're on zoom or you're whatever, it can like, it can transcribe now, like almost anything can transcribe the meeting for you. 
So just have it auto transcribing the meeting and then download those, you know, couple of calls and go look for like specific phrases, literally verbatim words that you can use in your marketing. So then you turn that back and you say, how can I use these sentences in my emails, in my subject lines? If there's one that comes up several times or like different topics that, you know, or the way that they say the things that they say, um, you want to use those in your emails and see if, like I said, you connect with more people that way. Yeah. I love that. I remember us doing that together. And again, just the whole marketing component, like, you know, I guess there are a lot of marketing teams out there that would keep that to themselves. And it just is so mind boggling to me. And like, that's so important for us to be able to go and as a salesperson, go and be able to have, you know, in real time, like I conversations, I think, you know, as a salesperson, you want to have authority and you want to be credible and you want to be seen as the expert because, you know, people, but, but women in general buy from other successful women. Right. And so, um, if we can speak and talk, you know, very, um, in the, in real time about the, the problems and things that our audience is experiencing, that just helps to solidify that even more. Um, one thing that I do, I, one thing I do again, just to kind of draw that line in the sand between marketing and sales is, you know, okay, so we have the PR aspect of things and then we have the marketing and we realize that that language shifts a little bit more to, um, you know, how can, how can what we're offering solve that problem for you? Mm-hmm. And so a couple things come to mind for me that I know that you and I worked on as well, but I think it's important to really under in the, in the marketing, I mean, in the PR aspect of things, we're talking about what is the outcome, right? Like we're, we're building the vision of mm-hmm. helping people see that like themselves in the outcome, right? That's, that's right. important. So we're trying to lessen the barrier um, there, right? Like, oh, these other people are doing it. I want what they have, right? People always want what other people have. And so, you know, that's again, part of that PR funnel. And then we, again, switch to the marketing and we take a switch and we go, okay, great. So now they're listening. They've opted in, right? They want what these people have. Let's start talking about pain points. Let's start talking about, you know, helping them understand that we understand them, right? Um, But I think when you get to the sales side, that changes a little bit in the beginning, at least it does for me. And the other thing that I teach is our client, my client call prep sheet. And I do have that as a download um, for everybody who's listening, go to my website. You can download that for free. And this client call prep sheet literally changed how I sold. Um, I think Jacob, you could probably attest to uh, this being a a pretty foundational tool um, when I was scaling the sales team. Um, And it's something that was like our, you know, it's what we lived by, right? And this client, yeah, to your by- point, it was the kind of thing that we uh, literally tried to now get that kind of data into our CRM so it's active and I can actually change how I market to people based, you know, that kind of thing. So, yeah, very critical. Yeah. So, this client call prep worksheet, though, right? Um, so, so I, ju- I just don't want to gloss over the fact that when they get to sales, we're just answering questions, right? Because that's not what we're, we're doing. You know, sales and is going to be a good fit you know, for, for your, your business. And I think, you know, this client call prep sheet gives you permission to tell them that. Um, and maybe that's a, another conversation for another time, but anyway, especially um, if you're working in the space of having a higher ticket item, like you said, you don't want somebody who's coming in, like they're barely willing or able to spend the money. And to begin with, like you need somebody who's confident in the investment so that you're not dealing with their money issues later. Yeah. That kind of stuff. So you know, as we, as we wrap up here, then Jacob, 
from your perspective, you know, when does a sales coach come into play? When would you suggest, um, you know, having a sales coach? And and also, I guess a, a twofold question here, if you will. Would you suggest always or never or sometimes <laughs> um, always starting with your existing foundation that you've built before you go high level um, into the marketing funnel? And and when do you, when and when, and when does the sales coach come into play in your mind? Yeah. So um, <laughs> this isn't going to surprise Gwen when I say this. I, I'm famous for somebody asking my opinion and me telling them I don't have the data to answer you. Um, because I want to, I want to inform and make my decisions, you know, based on information that's in front of me. And for this kind of decision, if you're, if you're a business owner, you know, entrepreneur looking at this, what you need to know is, is your marketing and your sales numbers, you know, you'll hear the KPIs, whatever your stats, um, you have to know what key one or two things at least determine if that part of your your business is working, even if you're doing both yourself, what says, okay, my marketing dollars, my marketing time is generating an investment. And what says my sales actions are generating results? What are those stats? So like sales, it could be the close rate of your first call to the, to the sale or something like that, right? As a very basic example, are your close rates good? You know, are you actually, once you get someone on the phone, you tend to close them in. They're a good client most of the time. You know, is that, yeah, you could also look at churn, I guess, or that kind of thing, or like if you're losing people. But um, are you closing people that you talk to and having good sales process and you just need more people? Well, that's a marketing thing. You know, you look at, I'm not generating enough leads to get my clients. Um, but if you, if you have an email list, if you're able to build an email, you're able to put something out and get good opens and click rates, but nobody's buying or even if you're starting to have conversations and they're not turning into sales or the high ticket sales that you want that to me you always start backwards if that's a problem like if 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 and if you're not sure you're doing either well right now start at sales like it you can't flood money or investment of time into marketing if sales isn't perfect if sales is not working or you're going to waste a lot of energy and money um so that's, you know, my answer there is you got to know some numbers if you're going to make that decision well. If you're in a place where you still have to build out both, start with sales and then worry about marketing after um, because it's going to make it all go a whole lot better. Jacob, I cannot thank you enough for just all your wisdom and the nuggets of information. Like I said, I, I feel like this is just something that you and I could talk about. 24 seven. Um, and I just, I know that my audience is going to geek out of this over this as well. And again, thank you for your time and your, (laughs) we made a great team. And it's always built on, like I said, a high level of trust. You have to be able to, whether you're, you know, if you're out there and you're by yourself right now and hopefully someday are bringing in team members, you know, that the marketing, the sales and, and you as a business owner, if you, if you're the owner in this scenario, are never going to completely let go of that marketing and sales strategy. Like they're, you're always going to have some level of involvement there with no matter how big you get. So understanding that that relationship between anybody you bring in has to just have a high level of trust, high level of honesty. Are the leads coming in good or here's what we're hearing. Um, and if they're, you know, qualifying them, like having predefined parameters of what's good 
uh, so that everybody can be in agreement. You know, it's just going to build a lot of trust so that everybody can talk about it and, and improve your results um, as you go, you know. So whether you got a little team now or you're by yourself, it's always good to just keep that in mind as you're thinking about marketing and sales together. So in a very concise way, what's the difference between sales and marketing? Marketing creates desire. Sales removes objections. If you're just going to boil it down to to one thing there, that's my But the overlap answer. is you don't know the objections until you're selling. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so same. that goes into yeah. your marketing, right? And so that's where there's Absolutely. that's where there's that that you know again, like I back said, for a lot the back and forth. But yeah, so um, okay. And then what what book? Like, if there's one book that you could recommend, or one podcast, or one um, you know just great resource for our listeners that has been instrumental for you in your career, what would it be? Ooh, um, that is a really good one. The um, there was one that I'm, I have halfway finished and I don't remember the cover, the name of it. Um, the, you know, so for me, the coming out of this, uh, with a marketing heavy training, obviously my background, I learned a lot from, um, HubSpot's free education, online education courses, um, uh, from the marketing perspective. And they actually very much, again, like to this point, instill that sales and marketing relationship. So, you know, if you're really starting from scratch on the marketing, like if you're if that's not your background, they have a lot of free online courses that that are are very good. They're they're mainly driven around like content creation kind of marketing and um, inbound, you know, attracting interest. So that's always been one of the big things that that kicked off my career really well. Um, but yeah, there's. There's several Donald Miller's, um, either the really the marketing business made simple (laughs) for, for your bigger, your bigger things, but even the marketing made simple one where he goes through, uh, you know, a very basic marketing and sales pipeline and creating your tagline. That's one that you can literally sit down. Probably if you're a decent reader with, you know, a little bit of time in one week, you could sit down and actually come out of that with real like things written out. There's stuff in there, like almost like work pages, you know, you can practically come away with a good tips there. So mm, again, Jacob, I am so incredibly thankful and grateful for you. Um, and I will have all of those details linked in the show notes. Thank you so much, Jacob, for your time today. We're grateful. Thank Thanks, Jacob. Yeah. Well, girlfriends, I hope you got as much as I did out of that. Be sure to go to the show notes for all the free goodies as well as my client call prep sheets for a download. Also, so exciting, my website is now live and active. Be sure to check that out. And if you love this and want to hear more or if you know of other girlfriends that could benefit from this amazing training, uh, definitely click, share, follow, leave a review. That's the best compliment that you could give me. Until next time, girlfriends, stay gritty.